chapter 2, verses 7 to 13. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write the words of the Holy One, the true one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven, and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Off 
waded his way into the area and started to attack the fort. And then within a, few, a, a short amount of time, one third of the fighting force had either greatly wounded or already dead. And so the, the officer in command, uh, the leading officer basically, was just preparing to raise the white flag of Saint Paul. And when all this happened, you can ask. My son basically declared, "Here's Sam. I'm 15 miles away, and I'm coming for you. I'm coming to rescue you." And they were able to hold off a constant reinforcement throughout that night. And Sam came to the rescue. And there's a little bit of that for this church in Philadelphia. And there's a little bit of that for us here at this small church in Austin. Hold fast. Hold fast. I'm coming for you. Our Lord Christ Jesus says, hold fast. Victory is at hand, it will say. The great victory is coming. And in verse 10, Jesus further acknowledges the believer in holding fast by saying, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world. And it's here I have to pause because many of your favorite TV preachers are going to soon preach this parable. The point is, verse 10 is one of the coolest verses in the Bible that some Christians will get to skip out on being on the planet Earth when the great trials of tribulation uh, happen that they just talked about. And I'm going to quickly disagree with that principal idea. First, historically speaking, and then we're going to go, but that's just history. Uh, that doesn't make it not true. And that is community as well. An idea that we get to escape tribulation by being called up into the air and dodging satellites with Jesus is only as old as 1840. By a Scottish pastor named Irving, who had a lot of American evangelicals, uh, who thought it was a great idea. He was planting that furniture in this upper sanctuary that is older than 1840, older than this idea. Actually, the pulpit we're reading here is walked in the door is almost as old as this idea. It's false. It's not true. It's something that the American church has got caught kind of hopeful escape from tribulations in this life. It also has no, it's nothing that Philadelphia ever would have understood that Sam was coming for their immediate context. But again, I know the historical argument doesn't impress us many. Um, and so if it's still shaking ground for you, let's make it ironclad. Let's make it ironclad through the Word of God. I could go to many scripture passages but I'm going to go one to one that's recorded by John in the Gospel of John in chapter 17 in what we call the high priestly prayer when Jesus prays to the Father before his death the following, starting in verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. take them out of the world, but that you will keep them from the evil one. 
kick our lights down as we hurt downstairs. All that means is that we are on the precipice of the greatest reveal of all time. We'll be finally be able to behold the beautiful face, face of Jesus. And then we have this twelve. And I always have to snatch when I'm looking for quickens like I need revelation literally. Because verse twelve is pretty literal. Um, but beautiful in just a symbolic picture that Jesus is painting here. Jesus promises that the faithful and true individuals like those in Philadelphia get to be a pillar in the temple of God. I don't think much, many of us imagine being a pillar, literally speaking, as uh, what we have in view when we think of heaven. And good news is that's not what Jesus is saying here. There is almost universal agreement in church history until the evangelical church started to get off track, as you during the 1840s, uh, that the third temple of Israel was not some structure that would be built in Jerusalem that will help set off the battle of Armageddon, but that the third temple was Christ. Christ is the third temple. And if you don't believe me, that's then all you have to do is run to John's Gospel, the writer of the book of Revelation, and this time, read John chapter 2, verses 19 through 21, which read as follows. Jesus answered, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. That would be 46 years to build, the Jews replied, and you're going to raise it up in three days? But Jesus was speaking about the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. And they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. What does Jesus say is the third temple, the third Jewish temple, in John chapter 2, 19 through 21? He says he is the third temple. And it's high time for us to go back to believing him when he says that. Jesus is the temple. And this is what Jesus is saying by extension to Philadelphia. And furthermore, to all faithful churches. He's saying that if you remain faithful and true to me, I'm just going to consider you a pillar of my kingdom. We still have this discussion. If I were to say someone is a pillar of this local community, what am I saying? That this community has value because of this individual's presence. That is what Jesus is saying here. That Jesus is still with that congregations like faithful Philadelphia and says, the heavenly kingdom is better for the work that you have done for my sake and for my kingdom. And as we also notice, size is not a limiting factor for becoming a pillar. Only, you only need an unwavering faith and a boldness to be chosen for the Lord. The only thing that is stopping us from being pillars in Christ's economy is lack of faithfulness. He's opened doors, he's closed others. He's prepared a way for us to participate in incredible life-giving and life-changing things in our time. So let us invest in it. You know, there's been a reality that imaginated for us before we chose of the front of the bulletin. Every week, I've tried to put these say that word too bad. I won't always point that out. But of these cities, 